0: You're listening to The Tool Belt, a manufacturing podcast focusing on logistics, safety, operations, and breaking industry news.
1: Please enjoy the audio of this live conversation recorded on September 29th. Hello and good afternoon. I'm Robert Schoenberger, Editor-in-Chief of Industry Week, and welcome to Production Pulse, our bi-weekly live stream where we talk to newsmakers about things going on in the manufacturing world. Uh, today, we're talking about the uh, ongoing UAW strike and joining me are Lynn Vincent, who is a professor at Syracuse University who studies organizational issues and the labor movement, and Dave Green, who is the director of UAW Region 2B, covering most of Indiana and Ohio. And Dave was the former president of the UAW local representing the Lordstown, Ohio plant uh, for General Motors that closed a couple years ago. Welcome, Lynn and Dave.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Yep. Thanks for having us, Rob.
1: So we're two weeks into the strike now. Uh, Sean Fain, the president of the UAW, is expected to address membership tomorrow. I think he's scheduled that live stream for 10 a.m. on Facebook. Uh, where we'll update people where negotiations are, and whether or not uh, any kind of escalation is needed. Uh, right now, the, the union is striking three manufacturing plants and was, I think, 38 uh, distribution centers across the country. Uh, so obviously there's there's room to expand that to more manufacturing plants and more secondary facilities. Uh, so th- this speaks to some changes in how the is approach things. One, negotiating with all three companies simultaneously instead of picking a target and then trying to use that as a pattern. Um, Dave, if we can start with you, just uh, what, what's your take uh, on this strategy, the, the, the different approach this year to working with the companies to, to, to get a resolution and get a contract that you can bring to your membership?
0: Yeah, well, for me, uh, Robert, it's been refreshing to see some, something different. I think we've got a good strategy in place uh, and we're trying to work with the companies as best we can. We want to we want to be back at work. Our members want to be back on the floor, working, building parts, building cars and trucks. Um, But uh, unfortunately, we haven't gotten uh, to where we need to be yet. And so at this point, we're still um, working at the table.
1: And Lynn, your take on the different approach this year—the the lack of the pattern bargaining, instead uh, you know, striking against all three companies at the same time—do uh, you think this is a, Do you think this different approach is going to get a significantly different result uh, for, for the union in this set of negotiations?
2: The outcomes are affected by so many different factors. We can't predict the outcome, however. I think from a strategic perspective, this is a fascinating approach and has the potential for being extremely successful. It creates a lot of uncertainty, which shifts power to the unions and reduces the ability for the organizations to strategize. It also communicates that the union has a strategy. They are prepared and are ready to enact this but it also highlights their values from the beginning they've said as David just said they love their jobs they don't want to harm the organizations they just want a fair allocation of the resources so this stand up strike is consistent with that and I think it's a really good message
1: you know, this this uh year's uh, strike it's getting a lot of attention obviously you take this many uh auto plants offline you're going to get attention in the business world but it's also gotten a lot of attention outside of there it was a major issue last night in the republican debate uh, donald trump was speaking in uh, michigan yesterday about uh, bringing up some of the strike issues uh, Dave, you were just featured in a uh, video that the UAW released, where you uh, brought up some statements that uh, the former president made a few years ago about uh, the, the Lordstown plant and how people should stick to their uh, what, what's going on there. Do you, you think the extra attention is helping, hurting? Is it is it a surprise to you at all, seeing how much uh, you know, how, how much attention the world is paying to this right now?
0: Yeah, I guess it's not really a surprise. Um, I try to keep the politics out, uh, you know, as best I can, with regards to our strike and our members. Um, I think it's just outside noise that can only divide our membership up. Um, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of uh, former President Trump, as he personally attacked me in a tweet. In 2019, I wrote the guy a couple letters for support when we were closing, and and never even got a you know a standard "got your letter" letter. Uh, crickets, crickets from from uh, former President Trump. So, I, you know, I, not a big fan over there, uh, obviously. But I, I think all that political noise is uh, ne- not necessarily helpful uh, for our members going through this personal struggle right now
1: so some of the big issues here have been economic I mean the the uh, ability to push for significant pay increases for membership has been a major issue it sounds like from day one uh, well before the strike began when the when the negotiations began uh, we've heard numbers in the 30 and the 40 percent range for for the the, the amount we'll, we'll see what finally gets negotiated uh, over the next several weeks hopefully um, looking at uh, the importance of getting a, a big win here obviously there's the current membership but when you look uh, forward to other other companies uh, Elon Musk over at Tesla just yesterday said that this contract would bankrupt the big 3 uh, but if uh, if you if the UAW is not able to get a win here what kind of argument can you can you make to Tesla workers that they should join the union in Texas or California where they have plants
0: Right. So, you know, we give workers a voice in the workplace and a part of it is economics. Absolutely. I mean, the big three have had twenty two billion dollars, billion dollars in stock buybacks alone over the last uh, decade. So it's not that they don't have the money, it's that they uh, want to hold it to themselves, give it to the other shareholders. Uh, when obviously our members are stakeholders in this as well. And for the folks at uh, Tesla, Toyota, Honda, people who are working anywhere right and and don't have a voice in the workplace hopefully they'll recognize how important that voice is they they should have a voice and uh we obviously want to uh, give them an opportunity to uh, to use their voice uh, at their work site
1: and and then same same question to you the idea that uh there there isn't just one audience here this isn't just the current membership this is also any future membership do, do you think uh do you have a number in mind? Is there a, a range that uh, the UA, UAW needs to deliver to its current members to really uh, have some success recruiting outside uh, of, of Detroit, uh, outside of 4 GM, and Stellantis?
2: I don't have a number, but I know that workers from even outside the automotive industry are watching this strike and seeing repercussions. Workers across industries are facing different threats. So we saw with the Hollywood writers, they're facing a threat from AI. Automotive industry has new threats with um, electric vehicles. So what is happening here with the UAW is similar to what's happening across other industries. So all eyes are here.
1: Uh, the labor movement's had a, a, a very strong couple of years here with uh, last year organizing at Amazon, organizing at Starbucks. Uh, you mentioned the, 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 the Hollywood actors and the writers and some of their successful uh, movements the, this, this year. Um, what's going on with the larger labor movement? Why is this happening right now?
2: Oh, man. It is, there are so many factors that have been building up to this. There are social justice issues. There are economic issues. There's a different political environment. And one of, I think, one of the most critical factors is that public support for unions is increasing.
1: Right. And that hadn't been the case. That's really been a flip in the past uh, 18, 24 months that uh, public opinion polling showing a lot of support uh, for the union positions and and for unionization in general. Uh, Dave, same question to you. Uh, Do you think there's something going on in the larger economy that's really driving this right now?
0: Yeah, I think a piece of it is, uh, you know, related to COVID. I mean, I hate to blame COVID on everything, but it, it gave people an opportunity to sit at home for a little while and realize that hey man i'm running around in this hamster wheel just to pay more bills every day and there's really no uh work-life balance in my life and and, and let's let's face it life is extremely important um human life is extremely important and valuable and so people need to have um, an opportunity to live a life and not just work their entire lives and and, and i think people are starting to wake up and recognize that that um you know 15 bucks an hour uh, to work y- your entire life isn't uh, feasible it's not good for our economy uh, consumer spending is based a uh, 70% of our economy right and so making sure people have a good living wage where they can have some work life balance uh, is extremely important not just to our members uh, but i think to the to the general public as well
1: okay. One of the big changes this year really really came about last year, which was the election of the OEW's leadership. Uh, Sean Fain was the first uh, president of the OEW in recent history to be directly elected by the membership instead of by councils. You were elected uh, from a direct uh, uh, membership vote as well. Um, how much do you think that's affecting you know, what's going on right now with negotiations and going on with the strike versus if it had still been up to the,
0: uh, uh, I guess, the 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 old way of bringing in top leadership to the union. Yeah, well, I think it's huge, right? And if you haven't noticed a change in the organization, uh, you must have blinders on because there's been an extremely uh, large amount of transparency. We're trying to share with our members regularly what's happening um, in these contract talks. We're not going to force these contracts uh, down anybody's throats. We want to make sure they have an opportunity to look at them. You know sleep on them and, and and make it's their their it's members contracts right and we work for the members um i think somewhere along the line the organization uh, kind of lost that philosophy and i, I think we've re- regained that now and we, we just gotta make sure our members understand that you know our job is to work for them and once they once they actually realize that uh, i think it's going to only make us a stronger uh, organization from the ground up
1: yeah. You know, I've written about every set of contract talks since 2003, and so earlier this year when the, the UAW authorized a strike, a lot of people, oh, wow, is this is this newsworthy? That happens every four years. I mean, there's always that strike authorization that, that goes in, uh, but where things really started deviating is when we got up a few weeks before the expiration, uh, about, what was that, September 14th, uh when sean Fain said we are not going to extend this we are going to go on strike if we don't have progress or contract by this time i can't remember any time you know letting that that first deadline expire and then going immediately into some sort of uh, of strike action versus just uh, signing a short-term deal keep going on the under the old contract do you you think that sent a message do you think that's that was an important factor in what's going on right now
0: not only an important factor, Robert, but it's it's essential for uh, our members, right, because they know th- they know the deadline, they know when their contracts expire and they don't like these extensions extensions that just drags uh, drags this whole process out longer. The companies had plenty of time um, to look at our demands and, you know, come to come to the table and work with us. And the fact that they, you know, in the past have really kind of put it off, put it off with the one target would focus. And then everybody else would kind of sit on the sidelines. Now we want them all working and, you know, it's contracts with all three companies. So we want to make sure all three companies uh, are at the table or we're getting the best deal we can for our our members.
1: Uh, Professor Vincent, uh, the same basic question to you, just uh, looking at, yeah, the kind of the organizational structures that we're looking at now, the, the changes in the union uh, management and the changes in the, the company management. Do you think there's an opportunity here for a different sort of relationship going forward between the union and the automakers once we're, we're through this strike?
2: Once we're through the strike? Right. Yes. So historically, organizational change is very difficult our norms, our values are deeply embedded into the organizations and it affects how we do things, the relationships we have with other stakeholders. One of the biggest ways to disrupt our status quo is to have new leadership. And what the new leadership at the UAW has said very clearly is this is different. This is not 2008. This is not 2018 this is how we are handling the situation now and they are moving very clearly and aggressively and i, and I want to say that's aggressively in a good way <laughs> to send their message and illustrate their values
1: a, a final question here for you dave because uh, we are running short on time here Uh, We've seen some comments on the UAW's Facebook page with people who who say they're they're UAW members. It's it's Facebook, so who knows, uh, who who weren't terribly happy with uh, President Biden joining the uh, picket line earlier this week. Um, Obviously, this is another political question, and individual politicians are going to be more popular than others. Uh, is there some work to do there, uh, with, with the union's relationship with the, the Democratic party and, and the president, or is, is this just a matter of some people just sounding off online?
0: You know, p- people are, uh, keyboard warriors. I think a lot of folks like to, uh, it's easier to express your feelings uh, through a keyboard and who knows who, who's real and who's not on the internet these days, but, uh. Look, I, I think Sean's been real clear that we want all of our candidates that we endorse to, you know, show us right. We we and we've endorsed Republicans in the past, and 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 we've endorsed uh, Democrats. Uh, generally, the Democrats are more sup- supportive of uh, organized labor. We can see what happened with the NLRB when uh, President Biden took office. It's been only favorable for working folks. And it's not just union folks, right? This is, and what we're fighting for is not just union folks. These are, this is a, a push to, to raise all ships in the harbor uh, for the working class. And so is there work to do? I think there's always going to be work to do in the political uh, spectrum, Robert, but uh, you know, it's just making sure our members understand what it is. And, and, and again, I, you know I, I like to focus on the issues of workplace and what's happening at work more so than the the politicians or, or a specific party
1: well well, thank you both so much for joining us today this has been uh, production pulse uh, thank you to uh, david green uaw region 2b director and lynn vincent with uh, syracuse university thanks for your time
2: thank you thank so well.
1: you